I'm going to be sharing with you this morning from several different passages, but uh, first and for, first of all, we're going to begin in the, the Gospel of John chapter 1, so if you desire to follow after uh, your Bible or device, however you may desire to do that, if you don't have any of those with you, we have the verses will be up on the screen behind me, so I encourage you to, to, uh, to read it as you're hearing it. Your retention is far greater when you are seeing it at the same time as you are hearing it. But today's titles, uh, today's message is called, uh, Who Are You? It's in a form of a question. It's, it's a, sort of a rhetorical question because I have the answer that I want to give you this morning, so you don't need to answer it. I want to give it to you. I already created it all by myself. I just wanted to ask it. So who are you? I know in my life, there's been different times in my life that I would uh, have those times of introspection. Things are going on in life, and I don't know if you've ever done it or not, but I know I have already stood before the mirror, and I would look into the mirror, and I would say, Ask myself the question, who are you? Who are you? And uh, I hate to admit it, but I think I've already had my, my beautiful wife, Nancy, ask me that on a few occasions when I, have a, when I have not quite measured up to the standard that she was expecting. <laughs> who are you anyway? <laughs> do I even know you? Uh, yes, you do know me, and uh, I'm that same person you married some years ago. But anyway... So the question sometimes is, who are you? Ask yourself that. Other people have asked that of me, and it's a question that's not completely uncommon, but uh, it's, uh, it's a little bit out of character just to ask someone who they are. But uh, in one way, shape, or form, we, we do ask that question. We like to know about people. We like to have that, uh, some type of family connection or, or just to, you know, to, to cross the, to, to make, uh, to fill in the dots there. But, uh, John the Baptist was asked that particular question uh, repeatedly, five times in just a few short verses The people were asking him that question because they were really, really interested on trying to figure out where this guy is coming from and what type of authority he is, he is uh, governing his life by and, and what gives him a right to do what he's doing. So in the Gospel of John chapter 1, let's begin reading at verse 19. It says, this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders sent priests and temple assistants from Jerusalem to ask him. You know, this, is, this was a really, this was a, these, these men were on an assignment to ask John, who are you? They really wanted to know. So this wasn't just a casual conversation over a cup of coffee. This is more like an interrogation. Who are you? In verse 19, then in verse 20, he came right out and said, I am not the Messiah. So obviously John had some uh, uh, inner unction witness there, uh, what they were trying to, to come to, be the answer that they were looking for. So he replied, said, I am not the Messiah. Verse 21, well then, who are you, they asked. Are you Elijah? No, he replied. Are you the prophet? We are expecting no. Verse 22, then who are you? We need an answer for those who send us. What do you have to say about yourself? And I just love it. After five times in, in different ways, asking John who he is to get him to, to uh, confess or, or to declare who he is, he finally brings up a quote from Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 3, and he makes this statement about himself. I am a voice shouting in the wilderness, clear the way for the Lord's coming. I am a voice. Everyone say that. I am a voice. 
So the next time someone inquires about you, who are you? You say, I am a voice. I am a voice. So he said, I'm a voice that's shouting in the wilderness, clear the way for the Lord's coming. Now, shouting in the wilderness, a voice that is shouting in the wilderness, that doesn't necessarily mean that he was uh, literally shouting. It could be a, a, a voice of, uh, it, it could be a, 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 a strong appeal. It could be a passionate pleading uh, for people to come back to God. And, and uh, also the wilderness there, to bring it into a perspective for our lives today, the wilderness could be a literal geographical wilderness. A, a, uh, I think of wilderness, I think of a dry season, a dry place, someplace not real, real exciting. Uh, I think of wilderness uh, many times as a transition. For example, the children of Israel were promised to be, be delivered from Egypt and be taken into the promised land. But if you are familiar with the story, they came out of Egypt into a wilderness and they wandered in that wilderness for a number of years before they entered into the promised land. So a wilderness, a voice in the wilderness could be a voice that's speaking to you in that transitional period in your life. Uh, it could be for students, it could be a gap year. You're finished with high school, but you're not yet in college. You decide to take a gap year. Uh, it could be a gap year in any, in, in any season of our lives, but it's uh, you're finished with one thing, but you're not, the next thing hasn't completely begun yet. And so that wilderness time, it can be a season of wondering. If, we're, if we don't guard our hearts, we can get stuck in that. It can be a, a season of life that is uh, dry. I mentioned that earlier. I, I think of a wilderness as being a dry place. But John the Baptist said, I'm a voice shouting in the wilderness. So the wilderness, whatever that wilderness season is for us, whether it be a gap year, or whether it be many years, hopefully it's not like the children of Israel. There were 40 years in the, in, in the wilderness before they finally entered into the promised land. And much of that had to do with, with a wrong perspective. When, when the spies were sent into the promised land to bring back good report, remember Moses sent 12 spies into the land to bring back a report about the promised land. And 10 of the spies brought back a report that the land was, a, you know, there's large cities and there's large people there. There are giants in the land. There's, there's great produce in the land. Uh, but th then they went on and made a declaration. They voiced an opinion that they weren't necessarily instructed to voice. They were told to bring back a report about the land. They weren't told to give an opinion whether it was possible to conquer it or not. So when it comes to being a voice, shouting in the wilderness, let's, for ourselves personally, let's make sure that we are voicing the things that we are instructed to voice and keep it in, in alignment with God's instructions for us and not to be voicing and shouting our opinions. And not to be voicing and shouting in times of wilderness, to be, to be a naysayer, say, but, and, and start grumbling and complaining about how dry things are and how challenging things are and how unproductive things are. And so we, uh, we like John the Baptist, we are a voice. 
But for John to, uh, to stay with um, what his calling, what his gift and his calling and his purposes were is very unique for him to be interrogated about who he is and what his identity is. For him to say, I'm a voice shouting in the wilderness, he could have very easily have gone to some of his natural attributes and some of his natural accolades. He could have listened and said, uh, don't be messing with me. I'm the first cousin of Jesus. But he said, I'm not the Messiah, but by the way, I'm his first cousin. He didn't do any of that. He didn't draw on any of his natural identity. He was drawing on his, the calling that God has placed upon him. And it's so important that, uh, that we identify not only with our natural identity, that has, that has a realm of significance to it, but we need to be able to identify with who we are in Christ. We're going to get into that a little bit more next week because when you, when you study Scripture, Scripture has a unique way of teaching us uh, of how to uh, identify uh, who we are in Christ Jesus. It communicates an identity relationship of in Him, of, of being in Christ, in the Messiah, in covenant relationship with Him. So, when we, so that when we are rhetorically asking the question, who am I? We can respond to it from this is my spiritual identity. This is who I am as a born-again child of God. So one of those attributes of being a born-again child of God, that the first one that we're going to talk about today is that I am a voice. I am a voice shouting in the wilderness. So you also are a voice, and you have a message to proclaim, a message to shout, a message to communicate in the wilderness, not only in your own wilderness, but in your spheres of influence that you are influencing the people that God has put within, within your circle of influence. Turn with me, if you would, to a 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to be reading verse 17 from 17 through 21. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to himself. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. We have been given this wonderful message of reconciliation. Just as God was working through Christ when Jesus came from heaven to earth and Jesus was on the earth doing his ministry, calling people to repentance, calling people back to God, God was communicating through him, Jesus being the voice of God. Now we also, as born-again children of God, have been given this wonderful message of reconciling people back to God. So in essence, just as John the Baptist said, I'm a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare ye the way for the Lord, you also, all of us, have been given a message. We have a voice of reconciliation. And we need to have an awakening to that, recognizing that that is a calling, that is as much as who I am as, as my natural identity. I'm as sure about who I am in my natural identity. I need to be even more sure of who I am as a born-again child of God. And that is, I am a child of God, and I have a voice. You have a voice. And you use your voice. 
Your voice really determines your destiny, and it really determines what happens in life. Your words are powerful, and so it's important that you take, uh, take this seriously and begin to recognize that, yes, I have been born again, I am a child of God, and I now have this wonderful message of reconciliation. We can't come out and say, I don't really have anything to say. There's nothing exciting about me. There's nothing, you know, I don't have this awesome, awesome testimony or, you know, I just, I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm just me. Well, you have an awesome message. You're just you, but you have this great message of reconciliation, calling people back to God. There's nothing more, there's nothing greater than that. There's nothing greater than that. So cherish that and, and value that. So let's continue here in, in 2 Corinthians. In verse 20, he says, we are Christ ambassadors. Christ ambassadors. Now, you know, when we think of, of a, an ambassador from a, from a government standpoint, we have a United States, we have ambassadors in, in the different countries, in the embassies in different countries, and they are there to represent the United States of America. An ambassador in another country is, 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 is uh, provided for, our ambassadors are provided for by our American dollars. They are supported and they are protected and they, under, and they govern themselves under the authority of the United States government. That's what an ambassador does and they are there to represent us. Well, we are ambassadors for God, so we are provided for, we are protected, and we are functioning under kingdom of God authority. It says we are ambassadors, so we are Christ's ambassadors. Christ has risen. He's seated at the right hand of God the Father. But now we are here as his ambassadors representing, representing through a ministry of reconciliation, people, bringing people back to God. You are a voice. You are a voice. And you are speaking whether you're talking or not. Your life is a living epistle. Your neighbors, your friends, your co-workers, your fellow students in your classrooms, they are reading you and they are hearing you. Have you ever heard the saying, what you're doing speaks so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying? And so we have a voice. I'm not suggesting that we don't speak, that we just live our lives, but we live our lives so that our, even our lives are a voice, but we also use our vocal voice so that we use it to communicate the wonderful message of reconciliation. Verse 20 again says, we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. God is making his appeal to us. Who are you? You are a voice for God pleading. You are Christ's ambassadors. You are representing, you are representing God to a lost people that have not yet come to know him. And that's why it's so important that we recognize that we are a voice. Christ ambassadors, we are the voice of the kingdom of God, pleading, shouting, clear the way, making room for Christ. So what am I supposed to be passionate about? What am I supposed to be pleading? Which should be easier for us to be passionate about sharing this wonderful message of reconciliation than it is to be passionate about our favorite sports team. It should be easier for us 
And we should be more passionate about talking about this wonderful, recon- this wonderful ministry of reconciliation, this message of reconciliation, than it is for us to talk about government or any other subject that we have a tendency to be so passionate about and, and, and get out of focus on. Rather than being focused on the things that, that, that one, want to attract us and consume us from a natural realm, we need to become passionate about this wonderful message of reconciliation. You are a voice, and we have an identity with that particular voice. It's amazing how, you know, the Super Bowl last week, you know, let's say you were a Rams fan. You know, all the Rams fans all, all week long, they're still celebrating, say, and they're saying, we won. And there's actually thousands and thousands and thousands of people going around saying, we won. They weren't even on the field. They never took a hit. They never practiced. But they won. We won. That's an identification. And so in, in like matter, I say in like matter, in a far greater manner, we need to have that same identity with Jesus Christ. We have been born again into the kingdom of God's dear son through Jesus Christ, and we need to be identifying with that and become passionate about that and and be communicating the message that we win, we win. We are victorious over this world system. We are victorious over this world system. So we have a voice. You've heard me say it before. I just want to remind you again in, in Acts chapter 24. Acts chapter 20 and verse 24, so the verse in the Bible that I have underlined and I, you know, by it I have written that it's my, it's my life verse. And it, it reads like this, as finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. That to me is what I, I refer to that as my life verse. It's good for you to be able to identify a life verse. I mean, there's, it's not gonna, you're not going to be barred from heaven because you don't have one written down in your Bible. I'm not, this is not something legalistic. It's not something you must do. I'm saying to me, it's an anchor. It's an anchor for those moments when I'm standing before the mirror and I say, who am I? Who am I? Is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? I would really like to do something else. I know none of you have ever experienced that in your life. You all are just completely 110% amped up about what you're doing, and you wouldn't give it up for anything else. You would never change it. But there have been a few times in my life where I needed to go back to this particular anchoring verse, say, no, this is my life calling. This is what I'm called to do. And, and I'm, I'm, it's, it's to finish the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. There's other verses, there's verses throughout the, entire, the entirety of Scripture that would be applicable to you, that just stand out to you, and they fit your gifting, they fit your personality. And you can use that as an anchor. And, and you, you probably know of one, you just may have never really thought of it as a life verse, but I'll encourage you that if you could think about that, you might want to go find it and just underline it and write in there, this is my life purpose. This is what I'm called to do, and, and, and I'm going to be passionate about it, and I'm, this, this, is, this is my voice. This is my voice. You know what your voice is. It may, you, you, you may have a voice for the voiceless. You may be a voice for the, for the poor, for the hungry, for the homeless. You're a voice for someone somewhere. 
You're a voice for the lost that haven't yet come to Jesus Christ. You have a real gift of evangelism. You might be a person of passion and, 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 and just... Uh, really passionate about caring about veterans or homelessness or uh, injustices, whatever your passion may be, you, you have a voice for that area that you are passionate about. And that's what John was basically communicating. I am a voice shouting, passionately pleading and communicating to make way for the Lord. Make room for Christ. Christ is coming. The Redeemer is coming. Make room for him. Well, how did they need to make room for him? Well, they were, they were fixated on the law, the laws of Moses, but there's a whole new administration coming and they needed to make room for him. And John was very passionate about that. And likewise, I'm very passionate about the grace of God, the message of God's grace and how grace has come and grace has brought us into a new and a better covenant. And so that's, you hear that coming from me often. Jesus also said that, uh, you know, again, there's many different verses you could, you could pull out here about Jesus. But in, in Luke chapter 4, Jesus, one of his introductions of himself is in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Jesus is in the temple and he makes this statement. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. So he's basically saying, this is the anointing that's upon me to do this, to proclaim this information, to proclaim this good news to poor people. Well, good news to poor people is that you don't need to be poor no more. And the, he sent us to proclaim that captives will be released, that if you're being held captive, you are now, you are now free to the blind that you will see, to the oppressed that you're going to be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. That is a voice. That is Jesus saying, I am a voice to the poor. I'm a voice to the captives. I'm a voice to the blind. I'm a voice to the oppressed. And I'm a voice to everyone that the Lord's favor has come. You are a voice. John the Baptist said, I am a voice. Jesus said, I'm a voice. I shared with you from Acts 20, 24 that I am a voice. And so you are anointed and you are graced with a voice from heaven above. You are an ambassador for God. And my challenge for us today is, are we using our voice in the, in the arena that God has called us into? Are you a voice in the wilderness? Are you speaking into the things that God wants you to be speaking into? Are you bringing life into those particular areas? I would like to uh, close by having us all go to Colossians chapter 4, or at least make sure you look at it on the screen and, and read along with this. It's just a very powerful, powerful verse in Colossians chapter 4 and verse beginning at verse 2 says devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart pray for us too that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. Have you ever done that? Have you ever prayed that God would give you many opportunities to speak about the mysterious plan concerning Christ? The mysterious plan. Don't allow the word mystery to throw you. 
I know we don't really don't do well with mystery. We don't like the tension of mystery. We want answers. But mystery fits in with wilderness. It's kind of like I'm not, not quite, you know, I'm not this anymore, but I'm not, I'm not here anymore, but I'm not here. I'm kind of in between. And the mystery, we don't care for that all that much. But that's a time of faith. That's a time when we keep, our, we keep our eyes fixed on the cross. We keep our eyes fixed on the redemptive work of, of Jesus Christ. And we continue to exalt God and we praise him. There's so many illustrations in the word of God where, where, where people are using their voice and, and they're praising God. And, 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 and miraculous things are taking place because the word of the Lord is being proclaimed, whether it be through prophecy being proclaimed, whether it be declarative, whether it be uh, through songs and hymns and spiritual songs. Paul and Silas were thrown in, in, in prison and at midnight they were singing hymns unto the Lord. The other prisoners heard them, so obviously they were raising their voice passionately unto the God, sing, un, unto God, singing their hymns. And as that was taking place, a great earthquake occurred and all the prison doors were open. They were all set free. So it, it's a great power and, and passionately and, and, and in a pleading sense to be raising our voice. So you are a voice, your shout, your plea, your primary calling, your passion, your voice. The question is, what do you shout about? So here the prayer says, pray for us too that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I am here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. This is something we pray over ourselves, that we can, we can communicate that our voice, that our shout in the wilderness is, is being communicated as clear as, as, as is possible, as clear as we should. Then verse 5, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation, your voice, your shout, your plea be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Oh, if we as Christians all across the continent, all across the globe, we just come to a place where the wonderful message of reconciliation that we have been given, that we be, get beyond this hostility and, and the argument and the fighting and us versus them and come to a place that our conversation, our voice, our shout, our plea is gracious and attractive. Everyone say gracious and attractive. That's why heart's desire is that my voice becomes gracious and attractive, that when the hearers are hearing it, they, it, it it's a voice that wants to be received. It's a voice that wants, that, that, that wants to be agreed to, and it's the voice, it's the wonderful message of reconciliation, the wonderful voice of coming back to God. So I'm going to pray that for you. So why don't you all stand up, and I'm going to pray this prayer over us this morning. Open up your heart and say, God, I want to make the most out of every opportunity. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Make the most out of every opportunity. We have so many conversations. We have so many words in our arsenal, our vocabularies. But Father, help us to draw on the words that you bring from our heart 
as we endeavor to communicate ever so clearly the mysterious plan concerning Christ. That every opportunity that we have, Father God, we, we communicate it passionately, clearly, with a shout, with conviction, but yet ever so gracious and ever so attractive. Help all of us, Father God, live wisely among those who have not yet accepted this wonderful message of reconciliation. That we don't be a reason why they walk away from it, but Lord God, that they are attracted to you because of the message that you've given us. Help us, Father. Grace us with a boldness. Grace us with a confidence. Grace us with a conviction, Lord, that we not be caught up in saying, well, there's yet four months. Because you said that the fields are ripe unto harvest this very moment. Our communities in our environments that we're in this very moment are ripe for harvest. Forgive us, Lord God, for complaining, for murmuring, for wandering in the wilderness rather than being a voice in the wilderness so that you can bring about that full deliverance and bring us out of it into the next season of life, into that promised land living. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray for Grace Church. I pray for all those that are here this morning, for those that you're watching online. Father, may, may just a, a, a freshness, a boldness, a confidence, supernatural, supernatural leading of your Holy Spirit be flowing through us in a very gracious and attractive manner as we purpose to live wisely and that we always have the right response for everyone who inquires of us. I'm sure the apostle, uh, John the Baptist, after he said, I'm a voice shouting in the wilderness after having been asked five consecutive times to give his identity. Who are you? Who are you? What do you say about yourself? I'm sure when he, I can imagine that when he answered, I'm a voice shouting in the wilderness, that after he said that, his natural mind may have gone, my God, what did I just say? Why did I just say that? That sounded foolish. But Lord, it was a word in season, and it was the right response in that situation. And Father, that's what we want. We want the right response in every situation. So don't help us from coming up with formulas and but lord just lead us guide us and direct us in this in jesus name and all the people that receive that today you say yes and amen yes. amen thank you jesus thank you jesus the voice shouting in the wilderness your own wilderness experiences you can talk to them Talk the answer. Magnify the Lord. Exalt his name. Bless his holy name. Speak of those things that are good, the things that are lovely, the things that are praiseworthy. Let's all work on our vocabulary and let's just practice really being a voice, a voice that's passionately proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. If you're here today and perhaps you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've never realized that 
that, you know, that God loved you and sent his son Jesus Christ to die on Calvary's cross and to shed his blood to cleanse you of all your sin. Or perhaps you're watching us online and you're saying the same thing. I've, I've, I've never made that personal commitment. I've never heard that it's good news. And I, you know, I didn't realize that God's so passionate about me. Well, he really is. He so loved all of us that he gave his only son that whoever would believe on him would not perish. So if you have never done that this morning and you want to do that, this is the day of salvation. Anyone here would say yes, that's speaking to me today. Would just slip up your hand so we know who we're praying for. If there's anyone in the auditorium here this morning that we can pray for. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's, let's say this prayer for the benefit of those that are watching us online this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you today for the love of God that sent Jesus to the cross to shed his blood to cleanse me of all my sin. I thank you that you raised him from the dead and he's now seated at your right hand. I believe this happened. I believe with all my heart. Therefore, I invite Jesus into my life as forgiver of my sin. Thank you, Father, for the gift of new life from this day on. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Well, thank you for being here this morning. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the day. If you do, if you are here and you said, you know what, I could really just use some additional prayer, or uh, this is your first time here. As Kate mentioned, uh, this part of our auditorium back here, we have the Connection Center. If you go back there to meet Kate, or you say, I really want some prayer, my friend Jason will meet you back there, and you can trust him. He will pray for you, and he will believe God together with you. And so take advantage of that if that's something that you need this morning. Have a wonderful day and continue to proclaim with a shout, with a plea, the wonderful good news of the gospel. We love you. God bless you. And we'll see you next Sunday morning.